Bienvenidos y bienvenidas a Puentes para la Misión. Welcome to Bridges for Mission. Bienvenue au Pont pour la Mission. Well, hello everyone listening from um, all across the globe. Thank you very much, all of you subscribers from Nepal, Zimbabwe, Denmark, um, and various countries in Asia. We are very, very thankful that you continue to follow us. Today, we are with Mike Men, all the way from Thailand, and I will let him introduce himself. So Mike, can you tell us more about um, the ministry that you have in Thailand? And I know it's related to coffee, but I'll let you um, share with the, the listeners more about it. Yes, um, good, good, good morning, everybody. Um, I'm the director of the Integrated Travel Development Foundation here in Thailand, which was started uh, about 31 years ago. Uh, I'm a second generation missionary. So I was brought up in Thailand. I've been here over 60 years. Um, the ministries that we do, we do a lot of water supply for villages, uh, education, building schools, and building clinics for health, as well as helping the economic side of village living. And we use coffee for that. The coffee ministry has come about because uh, I grew up with my father, who was an American Baptist missionary and an agricultural missionary. And when he came to Thailand in 1959, uh, many of the hill tribes were growing opium. And opium is the raw form of heroin. So as an agriculturalist uh, with American Baptists, um, he tried to introduce crops that would replace uh, the opium trade. And coffee was one of those crops. And so uh, growing up and going to villages and seeing them grow opium and later seeing them grow coffee and instead of opium, opened my eyes to want to come back and start this foundation. Um, he, he later worked with the United Nations uh, and was able to upscale the coffee production because in those days, coffee, whoever heard of coffee in Thailand, no one ever heard of coffee in Thailand, didn't have a name for himself. But as soon as coffee was introduced, oh, this coffee could be good. It started to, because of replacing opium, it started to get a name for itself throughout the world. And so the ministry was started when I came on board, there were some growing coffee and um, I just, I came in and built a co-op, a co-op and became the first fair trade co-op for Thailand of Hill Tribes, bringing them together to um, grow coffee so we can get quantity. Not only have the quality of it, but have the quantity to enter the international markets uh, globally. And so we being fair trade and following fair trade standards and really fair trade, um, the, the, the coffee, we were able to get better prices than fair trade prices. And we just became fair trade to get our name on the list, on the directory 
as a producing uh, co-op for coffee. And um, we, we follow fair trade practices um, and we follow fair trade procedures and we, we try to work directly with the farmers. And so coffee has made a very big impact on farmers uh, here in Thailand. So did I hear you um, correctly that you started as a co-op um, concept to introduce um, coffee plantation and all that? Um, how was that received? You know, when we first started, because no one ever heard of coffee in Thailand, we only had, let's see, four villages, 15 family um, uh, coffee growers, and uh, four tons of coffee. And we worked with that. We decided to start a fair trade coffee shop in Thailand. So if you're going to introduce a product, you need to have a, you need to be able to buy that product. You don't want to introduce it and the farmers don't have a market because that just takes them further into poverty. So we had the first fair trade coffee shop to buy their coffee and to produce, to roast the coffee and sell it to the, the public, as well as starting exporting coffee to the rest of the world. Wow, really fascinating. Thank you so much. What, what have you seen over the years because now that you've you said you um, it's been you've been doing it for like thirty years, thirty plus years. Um, what are some of the changes that you've seen happen over those um, thirty years? Um, we've seen families get out of poverty. Um, we've seen families stop growing opium, which is a raw form of heroin. Certain because they weren't making money. It was a middleman that would buy the opium and then form it, refine it into heroin and then sell it to the global market at a high price. So they could actually get more money for coffee. And in those days, um, because coffee wasn't, didn't have a name here in Thailand, we could help the farmers grow the coffee. We would take the coffee, find a buyer, the buyer would buy the coffee, roast it, and then pay us the money for the coffee. And then we pay it back to the farmer. So the farmer really didn't get the money until six months later uh, because it depended on the market because there weren't any funds. Nowadays, you got to put money up front <laughs> to, to the farmers. Uh, otherwise, you don't get the coffee because there's plenty of markets for the farmers to sell their coffee. And we uh, have evaluated the project and we can get a family out of poverty in six years if they start to grow, grow coffee. That is really a significant impact, economic impact um, for the local. For another, the another thing is we try to help the farmers um, get the standard of their coffee to the, the parchment stage. Now, when you pick coffee, you pick it as a cherry. It's like that you call it a red cherry. And you take the, the red cherry and you pulp it to get the seed, the parchment, which is inside the pulp. And so you take that pulp off and you uh, wash and you ferment overnight or two nights the parchment, which would be wet and slimy. So you want to get that sliminess off. Then you take that and you dry the parchment and when you dry the parchment, 
The farmer can then keep the coffee up to a year to find a buyer. If they, they, they do it as a cherry, they got a pulpa within 24 hours, 48 hours. So the, 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 the broker or the middleman or the, whoever wants to buy the, the cherry, he would tell the farmer, okay, I'm gonna come December 6th and I'm gonna buy 100 kilos of your cherries and I will give you, uh, I'll give you a dollar for that. So, but in Thailand, we use baht here in Thailand, but I'll, I'll, I'll use dollars so people understand what I'm talking about. So I'm going to give you a dollar for that, 100, ton, 100 kilos of coffee. So the guy comes in December, he looks at the coffee and says, ah, oh, it's not big enough, the color's not there. I'm going to only give you 20 cents for the coffee. I'm not going to give you a dollar. And the, the farmer is at the mercy of that middleman because he cannot find another buyer in 24 hours because that coffee needs to be pulped. And so he ends up selling it for 20 cents and not getting the dollar. So helping them get it to the parchment stage, which is dry and they, can, they have a year to find a buyer, that has been some of the big changes that it has in the coffee industry among our coffee co-op. And you mentioned that coffee was not something that was known. Um, so is there is there no name for it in, in the Thai language? Or um, can you share more? Coffee, like Ethiopia or African countries or South America, um, uh, Central America, uh, coffee is known throughout the world. The Colombian coffees, the mm -hmm. Ethiopian coffees. But who's ever heard of Doichan coffee mm. or before or Omkoi coffee or Mentang coffee? No one's ever heard of it. Mm -hmm. So we formed the co-op so we can bring the coffee and get the quantity and the quality there. But what, I, what really opened the, the coffee industry here in Thailand, I like it to call it the Starbucks, Starbucks effect because we sell our coffee to Starbucks and we were the very first co-op and the very first to meet the standards of Starbucks and sold the coffee to Starbucks. As soon as Starbucks started buying the coffee, everyone wanted to come to Thailand and buy coffee. <laughs> oh, Starbucks is buying, it must be good coffee. And then so people started trying to break up our co-op to try to come in and if we had a, a hundred tons of coffee, they would try to come and get that coffee and say, okay, we're gonna give you a higher price. We're gonna give you a, a better price. Um, but what happens is they may do that, but the following year they disappear and they're, they're not there to buy their coffee. So we give a very good price, a very fair trade price. We don't give the highest price, but we've been giving them a market for 30 years that they didn't have to rely on ups and downs of trying to find a market. So we've been helping them with the stable market. So as soon as Starbucks buying the coffee and other big companies in Thailand started buying coffee from us, coffee in Thailand started to have a name for itself. So I think we were a catalyst to help coffee in Thailand to have a name for itself. 
And now the price of coffee in Thailand is quite high and they have no trouble selling their coffee. That's wonderful. Um, so through all those changes, what has been some of the surprises that God has um, done for you in your ministry? Like what are some of those things that you recognize as, as God moments? How the, how the ITDF, Integrated Travel Development Foundation, has expanded. How one thing led to another um, without us planning. When I came to Thailand, my, my background was in plant pathology. So I would look at plants. It's kind of like a plant doctor. Because I saw growing up that the way villagers use pesticides and herbicides and chemicals, they would use it on their body. They would double the dosage on their plants and people would get sick and die. So I thought being a plant pathologist would, I would drive around in a four wheel truck for, and uh, have a lab in the back and then diagnose diseases. But when I came to Thailand and went to the village, there was lack of water. They had to walk a couple miles to collect their water. And that was the need. So I put the pathology to the side and started helping with water. Then God surprised, surprised us even more. He says, oh, they need an education. So we started without having the experience, we started to find donors and churches and people to help build schools and do, do MOUs with the government, the Ministry of Education to take over those schools after we introduced them. And then became uh, economic uh, justification, economic um, survival uh, to build to, to build income generation within the family, and so coffee came along, and we we used the coffee experience that I had earlier to to help them generate an income, and so it's it's just been growing in that way to these different ministries. And which has surprised me because when I started ITDF 31 years ago, I thought it was only going to be three years. I had no idea it would be 31 years that God would be blessing the people here in Thailand and the hill tribes, uh, not only in economic, but in social and educational and environmental and in community development as well and, and in health. So, and I'm, the, the coffee industry has just exploded. Um, if you'd come to Thailand 15 years ago, there'd be hardly any coffee shops. Now there's coffee shops everywhere um, next door to each other, everyone's selling coffee. And so, and this has surprised me what God can do uh, if you just, when the door is open and you go through those doors and have faith that it'd be his will, he would be in control. Yeah. Amen. He definitely does like his surprises and, and loves right. to do that in our lives. So for sure. Um, so changing the gears just a little bit. So over your years of ministry, how have short-term mission volunteers um, walked alongside you and, and helped um within this ministry? Yeah, volunteers, work teams, there's, I can say there's some missionaries say it's a big chore and a big problem to have them. But for us, it's been a great, it's been a great experience. Uh, they've been 
They're part of ITDF. Uh, they go back to the churches excited. They go back to their communities uh, with new knowledge of what's happening on the other side of the world. And they take the story back to the churches and they can tell the story better than we can um, to these churches. And so they kind of been catalysts and part of ITDF and been supporters, not only in finance, but in prayer and in doing, coming over and living in the village for a week and building a water project or picking coffee or building a school. Um, we've, it, it shows our staff and the villagers, especially the Christian villagers that our God is a global God. And uh, our God, if, if churches are willing financially uh, to come over to Thailand, not only financially, but to come, their bodies too, to, to, to work in the forest, to have mosquitoes and eat food that they're not used to and sleep where they're not used to sleeping and, and um, having experiences that they're not used to having experiences in the back of a pickup truck. Um, it, it, it shows the staff and it shows the villagers that, wow, if they care so people so far and a different skin color, come all the way to work with us, we should maybe reach out to our neighbor, our neighbor villages or our neighborhood because that's the least we can do for our God. So work teams have been very beneficial. Um, but we've, have, we've had over a thousand people come over as part of a work team and several hundred work teams. And out of all those work teams, we've never had a bad experience. Thank you. That is really quite the, the testimony for us, you know, in short-term mission and the short-term mission movement, um, uh, uh, the impact that it has had and, and the redefinition or, and for some, the affirmation of being taking care of thy neighbor and what does it look like. Um, over the years, though, can you see, can you share a little bit more about um, how can we continue to encourage volunteers to be more justice-minded um, when they serve cross-culturally. Interesting enough, um, in our interview, when we came out as missionaries uh, 31 years ago, um, we were asked this question as well as missionaries to come out to the field. And at that time, um, I would always pick justice over any other uh, answer, I would look at, is it justified? Is there justice in it? And I would go that route. So that's been my standard for 31 years. And that's one reason why we introduced the coffee ministry because um, uh, villagers are second-class citizens. They don't have uh, citizenship, which means they don't have ownership of their land. They don't have access to medical care. They don't have the, the best access to education. And so that's why we, being just minded, started introducing coffee so that they can have a better income and be on par with their Thai, their Thai um, 
um, other Thai uh, communities that are growing coffee and get the same benefits that they get from the government and assistance that they get from the government as their other Thai communities. And so um, with, with, with that, a lot of times they would say, oh, they're Hill Tribe. They're, they don't, we can pay them less for their coffee than our Thai counterparts because they're Hill Tribe. They don't have citizenship. Oh, let's hire the Hill Tribes to work in our coffee fields. We don't need to pay them the minimum wage. We can pay them less. Um, so there are instances like that where, oh, we can have them work overtime and not get paid. Or they can be sick and still have to work because they do not have citizenship and they don't have access to health or medical or other benefits or loans and, and, and whatever. So that's why ITDF got started was because to introduce the education at the level where they were getting the same education as people in the lowlands, to introduce economic initiatives like coffee where they can get the, the same price as people in the lowlands or, or buyers, outside buyers are paying for the coffee. Um, work with them in health so that they have a health facility or a clinic to go to just as their counterparts do in, in other parts of communities. So ITDF was started with because of justice, um, because of uh, mercy, love, and just to be humble in the way we did, did the work as we work with villagers. Because we're working side by side and our, our strategy is bottoms up. They make the decisions. We try to facilitate the decisions that they're making because there's so much we can learn from them. In fact, with my degrees and coming from university in California and all that, I've learned much more from them than what I have taught them. So um, it's just to keep that in mind when you're doing ministry among, among the hill tribes here in Thailand or other parts of the world where people don't have citizenship or status or a name. Well, thank you so much. Um, for all that you've shared and um, truly uplifting Micah 6-8 um, in the ministry that was started 31 years ago and the legacy of this ministry. Um, I know the, the listeners are very enriched by all we've heard. Um, and um, if we had just one word um, is encouragement, I would say, and truly right. trusting, trusting in the Lord and um and the doors and the windows that will open just because we step out in faith. So we want to thank you, Mike, um, thank you. All that, for all that you do and, um, and truly stepping out in faith and putting the planting, the plant degrees and the lab on the side and, and trusting the Lord. Yeah, one last thing, if they can support the coffee, it's Lana Coffee. If you search Lana Coffee USA, we have a coffee, we sell it in the United States as well as Thailand. So Lana Coffee. You heard it, Lana Coffee. So listeners, thank you. 
for all that uh, you've heard from Thailand um, about the history of the coffee ministry. Um, and we hope you continue to tune in. Thank you. Until next time. We thank you for listening to Bridges for Mission. You can find more information about the short-term mission office at internationalministries.org. Also, don't forget to get a hold of the new leader's guide entitled Short-Term Mission Team Essentials Together on the Journey. Uh, you can find this on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book Baby, and that we are so glad that you joined us today. So thank you for all the subscribers and from listening from all continents. Thank you and have a good one.